the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Ooh, it's a scorcher. It is a Mm -hmm. hot one out there. Mm. Most of the day, the sun was covered by clouds, and it didn't feel so bad. Now the sun's out, watch out. Listen, you got to find yourself a cool spot for the next 48 hours. Mm, or a bowl of ice cream. Do what you have to do. The bowl of ice cream wouldn't last nearly long enough no, but to make any difference at all. Tastes good, though. It would taste good. Happy uh, Friday, John. Hey, happy Friday to you, Kat. I'm it's been quite a week, it. hasn't it? It sure has been quite yeah. a week. And it was uh, quite a night on our uh, various social media feeds last night. Right, right. Uh, yesterday, we had two conversations in our five o'clock hour. <laughs> right, uh, right. One, one was with uh, Rod Dreher from the American Conservative, and one was with David French, who writes for the National Review. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking about the president. We were talking about Ilhan Omar and... Um, just about the way politics is working right now in America, which is, in my opinion, not. Not. Working. No, I, I think we've reached a boiling point here. And we'll talk about this, that some people are saying, you know, words are one thing. They see violence on the horizon. Yeah. Which is something that we have to pray against. Oh, my gosh. I mean, the la- please, please. But we also have to recognize that the more our words get out of control, the more likely that's going to become. So uh, yesterday, um, as I mentioned, Rod Dreher started out our 5 o'clock hour. And if you know anything about Rod, first of all, he's a tremendously gifted writer. Um, he also is a bit of a lightning rod. Um, he, his his life his professional life exists online. Um, he he's a blogger. Um, he's also written a couple terrific books. His latest being the Benedict Option. And Christians feel very differently about that book. People feel strongly in one pro and anti. Right. Um, but regardless, I think you have to respect Rod um, for his point of view, for his incredible writing skill. And we just have a lot of affection for him as a friend. Sure do because he's um, just excellent every which way. Yeah, he really is. We believe that in many ways he is like us, which he tries to look at a a wide swath and has a good overview and doesn't get to be pulled too left or too right. I believe that that he's a pretty fair person. Yeah, I think he's a pretty fair person, but I think it's also important to say that he's a conservative. He's a Politically speaking, that's, that's who he is. He also was critical in this piece that we posted yesterday and that we talked about yesterday of the president. The piece is called No Sympathy for the Devil. Right. Now, the, it is not about – he's not saying Donald Trump is the devil. No. And it's a long, well-thought-out piece. It's on our website. It's on our Facebook page. Highly recommend that you read this. Yeah, I think it's thought-provoking in many ways, which is why we decided to talk about it. And the reason it's thought-provoking is because it causes us to examine our own political leanings and what they have affected in our life. He talks a lot in the the piece about his father and about what 
a large figure in his life his father was when Rod was growing up and how his father was a part of the white elite in the Louisiana neighborhood um, that Rod grew up in. And he had a hard time when he got to college realizing that not his dad, but a lot of his dad's friends and a lot of the people who he thought were pillars in his community were actually people that were in the Klan. Right. They were racist and part of a mob. And he said that that was a hard reckoning for him to come to grips with the fact that all these guys that he had looked up to and that he thought were good men People who'd been instrumental in how he grew up and saw the world and recognized things, he had to say out loud, wait, these men were in the Klan and they were on the wrong side of what was going on in the wrong side of history. So that was a hard reckoning for him. He talks a lot about the Catholic Church. You know, he was a Catholic for a long time. Rod was. He has a lot of friends in the Catholic Church and he as a reporter covered the Catholic Church scandal in Boston. And so he talked about the Catholic Church and he said that was a very difficult reckoning um, for him as a parishioner, but he said most especially for a lot of the priests he knew who had to come to grips with the fact that the institution that they loved so much, that they had delighted in, that they had they had dedicated their lives to had become corrupt. And that's a hard reckoning. Um, He talked about some abuse he suffered as a kid at the hands of bullies in his school and how that altered how he looks at bullies and how he looks at people who tend to set mobs afire. Um, And then he talked about the president. And he said, is this Ilhan Omar thing helpful to us? Is this really what it is? And what about Ilhan Omar? Is she as much of a mob leader as the president is? And are we looking at two mob leaders set up on opposite sides of our political landscape? And are we just suckers? Are we just people that are just going to go right for whoever? If we like the president better, we're going to go with him. If we like Ilhan Omar and AOC and whatever, are we going to go with him? Are we just going to be people who are just going to get sucked in and we're going to be every bit as deleterious to the world as the Klan was. And in many ways, that is where we are now, right? We are we are walking down an American tragedy where we, it feels almost, and this is not an exaggeration, when people would talk about the civil war, brother against brother, family member against family member, the rhetoric has become so heated and so personal as to if we hear one thing that we disagree with or is not on our side, so to speak, or not part of the tribe, well, we are ready to lash out full throat. Which is what I think a lot of people are doing, well, first of all, in the world. But there was a lot of conversation on uh, on email and on Facebook last night in um, response to our conversation with Rod and our conversation with David French that happened afterwards. Um, l- let's just read a couple of these because it's interesting that there are there is as much criticism from one side as from another side. So right. clearly you and I are making nobody happy. <laughs> uh, okay, Mary Beth says this. The biggest bullies are the Democrats. The president says something back after being constantly attacked and he's the bad guy. Give me a break. I have to turn off your show because you're more against President Trump than CNN. Okay. Christina says, I'm sorry, but the author of this article is a bit paranoid, in my opinion. Calling Trump a demon summoner and the participants to one of the rallies a mob awaiting to do evil, it's just exaggeration. Jeremy and April, uh, they have a joint account. They say this together. The author is clearly a never-Trumper with Trump derangement syndrome. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Paul says, uh, okay, I understand and agree with uh, his points about mob mentality at L. However, does he do most Christians really believe, d- does he, do most Christians really believe that Christians who correctly see the forces aligning among progressives against us really do hate us and wish to see harm done to us? Really? Hate us and want to see harm done to us? Is that how so-called conservative Christians see liberals and progressives? Do they really believe Representative Omar is evil, as he states? There are plenty of Christians who happen to hold more liberal political viewpoints. I am one. This type of rhetoric is not helpful to the Christian cause in any way, and it is prevalent among many Christians and is espoused often on your radio station. In fact, almost every time politics is brought up, it's not right. Camlin says, I was thoroughly upset with your interview yesterday concerning President Trump with David French. He said, quote, the president has such a light schedule referring to how often the president has the time to tweet. Neither one of you could question that. He's gotten achieved more in two and a half years than most presidents who have have in eight years. Tell me, which president has actually set foot in the DMZ with a dictator? Maybe if he does have all this time on his hands, as your guest suggests, it's because he's not meeting with special interest groups that own him. Nobody owns President Trump. Therefore, he has the ability to get jobs done, and he's making more of them, too. That is from... So interesting. From both sides, liberal and conservative. So these are people who listened to the same interview, who read the same pieces, the one by David French and the one by Rod Dreher. And there are people who are every bit as agitated on both sides of the political spectrum. Right. So that's the key word. That agitation, I think, is the key word, because you and I both know people who this is their whole life. This is every breath. This is fluttering of eyes, first uh, act of consciousness in the morning as they awake and then throughout the day and then as they fall back to sleep at night, almost every waking thought somehow is infused with this political rhetoric. That is, if everything hinged upon this. And I don't believe that's the case. Certainly politics are important, but we as believers Aren't we called to something much greater? Yes. Isn't there something well beyond the White House or the Congress or the Senate? What did Jesus come here for? Not to be red state, blue state. And I think if you step back and surrender and lose that hair shirt of criticism and anger and finger pointing, the wagging back and forth, if you would somehow find that surrender to the peace of Christ in your life, Mm -hmm. your health would improve mentally, physically. Yeah, and our dialogue would improve. And it doesn't mean that you can't have an opinion. It just means that your opinion and my opinion doesn't matter as much as the gospel of Jesus matters. There's something better for us than politics. And it's like anything that becomes an idol in life. The problem with idols is that they take an inappropriate place and they ruin us. So something is, you know, if, if you like politics and politics is something that you dabble in and something you're interested in and you're a concerned citizen and you vote, that's great. But all of a sudden, if that political thing slips into a higher, elevated place in your thinking, in your heart life, in your emotions, all of a sudden it starts to get you amped up. It starts to get you 
depressed or anxious or angry or whatever it is. And then you recognize that that idol, like every other idol, is starting to control you. It's starting to control you. And we're not called to live that way. We're supposed to be living in a way that recognizes that Jesus is Lord. We can have our opinions, but there's something. Listen, I'm telling you, we know. We know when there's something in our life that we are slave to. We don't want to say it out loud, but there's something, whether it's alcohol, whether it's sex, whether it's pornography, whether it's money, whether it's shopping, whether it's, you know, I don't know what it is with you, but it can be politics. We all carry that hook into the flesh. And if politics has you hooked, all I can tell you is there is freedom and joy for you in a whole other place, and you need to leave this behind. What do they say? Think right. Act right feel right. And I wonder, as therapists get together and compare notes, I'm sure in every therapist office in this country, there's conversation like this. And it's almost like something like, you know, like there's AA or NA. Mm-hmm. Would there not be PA? Mm-hmm. Sure. Right? Why? Po- political and you, and listen, addicts. You sh- you listen, you shouldn't be embarrassed if that's you. Because you shouldn't be embarrassed if you're an alcoholic or you're addicted to drugs or you're addicted to sex or whatever it is. Because part of healing is admitting that you have a problem. Right. Listen, I have so many problems. I spent years in therapy. John, Hello. you have some problems? Not a few. I think Mike has some problems. <laughs> I got both. None of us are perfect. We're he's all, still young. We're all screwed. No, he's got problems, I'll tell you right now. We're all screwed <laughs> up. with you guys. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, I see. Now it's our fault. <laughs> we're all screwed up. So if your yes. problem is politics, rejoice in your weakness so that God can become your strength. Amen to that. Amen. Take a break. Come back. Tony Turner is with us. She's one of our favorite guests. She's a pastor, a counselor, teacher. She is going to talk about, of all things, distraction. Stay with us. 101.5 WORD. Somebody is going to win a free cruise aboard Family Life's Love Like You Mean It Marriage Cruise, visiting the beautiful Caribbean, and it could be you. Just log on to our station website and use the keyword stronger. When you enter, you'll also receive their free ebook, Stronger Forever, that includes a personalized six week plan to grow your marriage. Make your marriage stronger. Register now to win at wordfm.com/slash stronger. Following statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Amber in trials tested mild to moderate symptoms. Testimonial is based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. IRI US Mulo, 52 weeks by UPC. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton, and I want to talk to you about something I haven't liked to talk about until now my menopause. All my life, I've had energy, energy to win gold in 84. But when menopause hit me with the hot flashes and night sweats, I began to feel sluggish every day. That all changed when I discovered Amberin. Amberin safely relieves 12 menopause symptoms by helping to restore your hormonal balance. Amberin is 100% drug-free, estrogen-free, and clinically tested. Amberin is America's number one menopause relief supplement. Thanks to Amberin, my fear of hot flashes is gone. My sheets aren't soaked every night, and my energy is back. Give Amarin a try and see what it can do for you. It works. It really works. Hurry to your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine retailers nationwide and get Amberin today. This is the Entertainment Answer. What other films are taking on the live-action Lion King in theaters this week? None. Who would even try? Like it or not, these live-action remakes just aren't going away. Families can also look for Breakthrough now on all home formats, as well as Shazam for your older viewers. 
Plus, several other solid films are still going strong in theaters, including Toy Story 4 and Spider-Man Far From Home. Certainly a lot to keep your summer sizzling. For this entertainment answer, I'm Matt Mungle. The backyard's looking great, Rob. Thanks, man. I was planning on adding a deck, too. Know any good contractors? Why don't you just ask HomeAdvisor? Home what? HomeAdvisor.com. You just tell them about your project and they match you with local pros that can do the job. Nice. Now, how much does it cost? Oh, HomeAdvisor's totally free to use. Plus, you can read customer reviews, check pricing, and book appointments for free. What's the website again? HomeAdvisor.com. Or just download the free HomeAdvisor app. HomeAdvisor. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club you save as much as half. Half off home improvement services, web design, family entertainment, music festivals and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com shopping and God save the green. Summer in the city, back of my neck getting dirt and gritty. Then down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead, walking on the sidewalk, harder than a match here. Love and Spoonful, 1968. Six. 66. Still impressive, John. Very good. Excellent. That's a good song, isn't it? It is a hot day in the city, man. Yes, it is. Tony Turner is with us. She is a pastor, a counselor, a teacher. Tony, my friend, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hi. I'm pretty pretty hot, but it's okay. <laughs> There's only one hot place I don't want to be, and I don't have to worry about that. Thank you. <laughs> Tony, we've been talking about uh, the, the difficulty of our political uh, dialogue uh, in the last segment the last day the last whatever Forever. and uh you want to talk about distractions so this is just one example of it right well absolutely um you have to remember that we as christians we often forget that we are really citizens of another realm and we there's a reason why it says in the scripture uh if you've been risen with christ set your affections on things that are eternal or things that are above, and that is like above, to me, the flesh and blood issue. Politics is at best temporal, because anybody in office, except for uh, certain positions, only lasts for about four years, eight years, mm-hmm. right? Right. That's pretty temporary. Or if it's a lifetime position, it, it's over when you die, and that's still temporal, <laughs> you know, so um, there's a reason why, you know, God says we have to set our affections. We have to set our sights. We have to, you know, set our minds on certain things and keep them there. And um, so when I when I think about, like, I've had uh, tons of distractions just today, just today, you oh. know, in, in my life. And I have, uh, it's like, you know, when I set my mind to do a certain thing, uh, before I do that, there's something else I have to do. And before I do that, there's something else I have to do. And by the time I get finished with the something else's, I forget what I was going to do in the first place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's uh, it's not always that extreme. But, you know, I recognize that the enemy doesn't want us to do this straight and narrow. The enemy doesn't want us to get straight to the point. That, uh, there's a scripture in John 10, 10 that says uh, that the thief comes, but to kill, steal, and destroy. That has been the thief's 
aim eternally, you know, and he keeps his eyes on that. He doesn't do anything else. Now, we as Christians, we have the other half of that verse, which says that Jesus came that we would have abundant life. So the thief doesn't want us to have that abundance, and so he's going to try as best he can to throw us off because he doesn't really have power to do anything except to distract us. Um, You've heard people talk about, you know, the mind being, you know, the devil's workshop or that the warfare is in the mind, all all sorts of things like that. And um, so I have have a a diagnosis, as a matter of fact, of attention deficit. Now, what that means is that I'm, uh, in addition to some other things, I'm easily distracted. So what I have learned is that that would be the way the enemy wants me to look at it. But the Lord has showed me that I am capable of having more than one thing on my plate. And so I can accomplish about a little thing as opposed to one thing, but I have to focus on one at a time. And so there are certain times when I have to ask the Lord, okay, I see all these things that have been um, you know, set up because the enemy sets up certain things in order to, you know, throw us off the track, as I said before. And I'm saying, but you're in charge. So I'm going to defer to you. I'm going to ask you, what do I need to see in this particular situation? So sometimes what he will do, he'll show me how to navigate that situation or at the very least, what I learn is how to go to him, how to resort to him each time I have a dilemma. So, uh, in terms of the, the political stuff and all of the all of the uh, things that cause uh, social turmoil or chaos or confusion, you know, I have to go back and I have to say, "Wait a minute, God." Now, you said in Ephesians that I'm seated with you in heavenly places, so that means that I can see from a overhead uh, position, a, a overhead p- uh, perspective. I don't have to be in the middle of something. You are the one that sees the end from the beginning. Now, I might not see all of that, but I can see what he wants me to see so that I can see what my position or my perspective is supposed to be. Tony Turner's with us. She's a Pittsburgh-based counselor and teacher and pastor. Uh, Tony, now you've done uh, so much work in uh, this area, what you called gracism, which is a different way for us to look about racial differences, especially here in the Pittsburgh region. So talk about that. Talk about the distraction that race often—I mean, is it okay to call it a distraction? Absolutely. And and the reason is because, the according to the Scripture— uh, first of all, everybody came from Adam. So how many races is that? That, that? That's only one. We all come from Adam at the very least. And then the scripture doesn't even talk about race. Um, that is something that we have made up, just like all of the denominations you know, within the, the Christian uh, religion. Um, these are all man-made constructs because somebody didn't like the way somebody else did something. But we always have to defer to, you know, what God says. And so uh, if if my flesh is going to pass away at some point, you know, because I'm not taking my flesh to heaven, you're not taking yours. So where where is the color going to be? Where is the race going to be? Where is even... 
the differences, where is that going to be? You know, we have to learn to celebrate those differences. Our God is an amazing artist, and he has so configured all of us that the, the Scripture says again in Ephesians, all of us have a gift. You know, and those gifts are not necessarily just for us to keep to ourselves, but they're to work together. They're, you know, God never meant for all of this chaos, but it was because of our sin. It was because of our turning away from Him and His concepts and His ways of doing things and try to do it in our own. You know, if you have, like, just say you have 10 people in a room and you ask them all, what does the word bless mean? Or what does it mean to be a Christian? You're going to get 10 different concepts. You're going to get 10 different ideas. But what is God saying about it? So that we can all be on the same page. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, my definition of grace comes from James Ryle, who said that grace is the empowering presence of God that enables us to be what he's created us to be and also to do what he's called us to do. So I'm able at all times, but I always have to pull myself back on because somebody thinks I should be paying attention to something else. There are too many people in the world to be, you know, for us to be paying attention to all those different things uh, to focus on. There's too many different voices. There's too many different issues. There's too many different things that pull at us. Right. And so, Tony, when you think about this and distraction in your life and all of our lives, what is your prescription for distraction? My prescription for distraction is uh, to do exactly what God says. To, uh, there, is, there is that scripture that says, let this mind be in you. That's one mind, which is also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind. So it, the fact that it says let it be means I can also prevent it from being. I can hold it back. But I want to allow the mind of Christ to operate in my life. I want to do things Exactly. Jesus said, I only do one thing. That is what I see the Father do. I only say what I hear him say. So that's, that's my prescription is to get on, get on that trail, you know, stay focused on that one line and, and we'll be okay. And if there's something that's pulling me off, I have to say, okay, I'm in the midst of something right here. Lord, let me get back to you. What should I, how should I see this? You know, David said, thou only art my rock. Okay, and he said, be thou my strong habitation, and there will I continually resort. I have to continually resort to the Father and his way and his heart and his, you understand what I'm saying. I get it. That's Tony Turner's prescription for distraction. You know it. I know it. Tony Turner, Pittsburgh-based pastor, counselor, teacher. More information, find us online, johnandkathyshow.com. Thanks, Tony. Always good to be with you. Recent storms have done a number on Pittsburgh's homes and businesses. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. All you have to do is visit windowsareuspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows Are Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. 
Why pay twice as much with other companies? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Looking for a satisfying career helping people with disabilities? Consider Life Steps, who's served Western Pennsylvania since 1923 and offers 100% paid health, dental, and vision premiums for full-time employees. All shifts available. Make a difference and call Life Steps today at 724-283-1010 or visit lifesteps.net. That's lifesteps.net to check out available positions. Life Steps is an equal opportunity employer. Hey, Pittsburgh, if you've been thinking about a new car or SUV, now is the time. With the summer sales event in full swing, Calusi has savings on the entire lineup of crossovers like the Chevy Equinox, Trax, and Blazer. Plus, with Chevy Loyalty Cash, you can save an additional $1,000 off the MSRP on select models. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Visit PittsburghChristianSchools.net to discover godly teachers and great classmates near you. That's PittsburghChristianSchools.net. PittsburghChristianSchools.net. Looking to buy a car? Online shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for the car you want and see what other people pay for it too. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership. But not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club you save as much as half. Half off home improvement services, web design, family entertainment, music festivals and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping and God save the green. Very warm and sticky tonight with a few spots seeing a shower or a thunderstorm, low 76. Tomorrow, sunshine and patchy clouds, hot and humid, 94 degrees. We'll stay uncomfortably warm and steamy tomorrow night with a stray shower or a thunderstorm, 74. Sunday, a shower or a thunderstorm will be back in the area, mostly for the afternoon, staying hot and humid, 90 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Find a glass of water, find some shade. Listen, this is not a day to be working out in your yard. No. This is not a day to be scrubbing your house or like doing some kind of, you know, manual labor unless you are hydrated to within an inch of your life. Mm-hmm. Who's this? This is, I think it's Kenny Loggins. Is Am it? I right? No. Um, Try again. I don't know. I don't have a clue. Jeez, I really thought it was Kenny Loggins. Uh, oh, no, wait. It's, um, it sounds like Huey Lewis, but it's not. Glenn Frey. Oh, Glenn it's Fry. the Eagles. The Eagle, really? What, 80, It's not the Eagles, though. It's just Glenn Fry. I don't know. The heat is on Glenn Fry. 
Okay. All right. uh, so we've been talking about the contentious nature of uh, politics in our country right now, and especially the conversation we had in our five o'clock hour yesterday and then online afterward. Um, so a couple of stories came to mind this morning. Um, Ilhan Omar, Democrat of Minnesota, uh, arrived back at the airport in Minnesota yesterday. Uh, she walked into a crowd of people clapping, cheering. Uh, more than 100 people greeted her at the baggage claim. That would be horrible. Listen, when I get off, when I get off a plane... I don't want to see anybody but my immediate family. When you go to the baggage claim? Because it is so exhausting. Yeah. And the whole experience, if I had 100 people waiting for me at baggage claim. Chanting okay, your name? It would be upset. Anyway, but this is what Ilhan Omar said. She said, quote, we are going to continue to be a nightmare to this president. See, there's the problem. There's the problem. Someone right. just wants to so we're just gonna push it and push it and be push it and push it. A nightmare to this president. All, All right. right. So that's her attitude. Now the president, on the other hand, at his campaign stop the other night, John. Right. So the uh, the campaign stop, of course, in North Carolina, which made all the headlines. This was something that I, I saw, and I was surprised. I did not know this, but uh, as pre- as the president was speaking in that rally, he cursed, and not just a few vulgarities. The president took the Lord's name in vain twice, and one state senator in West Virginia was so offended that he sent a letter of rebuke to the White House, and uh, he said he pointed out the president's terrible choice of words during the rally. Senator Paul Hartstee of West Virginia's 7th District, which is coal country, started by admitting that he is a conservative who supports Trump and his pro-coal policies. He says, quote, I am, however, appalled by the fact that you choose to use the Lord's name in vain on two separate occasions when you went off the prompter during your speech. There is no place in society, anywhere, any place at any time where that type of language should be used or handled. Your comments were not presidential. I concluded by asking that uh, you curb your cussing. Please remember, Mr. President, in the United States of America, in God we trust and not curse. I hate that word, the GD word. I yeah. hate it so much. You I'd hear rather, it all the time. I'd rather hear the F-bomb a hundred times before I – I just cannot stand It's that. a throwaway for a lot of people. It you see it on Twitter all the right. time as though – what? And they're and I, not even trying to shock. And I recognize it doesn't mean anything to some people, but it means something to me. It means something to and me. So I, I mean, I, I can't police somebody else's speech, and I don't want to police somebody else's speech, but I just want to be able to say out loud that I cannot stand when that word is used. I, and I, I it's just you. really sad. Also, uh, Washington Examiner reports today that 91% of Democrats see violence next in the war of words. Heaven help us. Okay, this is this is a, a an abrupt departure from us because for many years we have stayed away from the political landscape only because of what we witnessed yesterday on our on our social media feeds. Right. So it we is have, so deeply contentious. It is contentious and people on both sides of this debate. We actually I counted, we actually had equal representation. We had as many liberals mad at us as we had conservatives mad at us yesterday. It doesn't do anybody any good. Does that mean we're in the right spot or the wrong spot? I think we're doing the right thing. W-O-R-D. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music. New music. On the way up by Apollo LTD. Rescue, new from Lauren Daigle. I will and Citizen Way with The Lord's Prayer. Sing it. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you by Nello Construction. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. You watch what you eat. 
you're hitting the gym, you're doing your best to live a healthy life. But did you know that a bad night's sleep and a bad mattress can have a big impact on your health? Here at the Original Mattress Factory, our hand-built mattresses made of the highest quality materials provide the comfort and support needed to provide healthy sleep for years to come. To learn more about how the right mattress can help you achieve healthy sleep habits, visit OriginalMattress.com or stop by an Original Mattress Factory store near you. The gimmicks, the flashy sales, and the big markups. Mattress stores have made the mattress shopping experience confusing on purpose. Ron Trzinski started the Original Mattress Factory to create a better way. He raised the bar on quality, offered hand-built mattresses for a fraction of the cost, and ditched the high-pressure sales tactics, all to create a better mattress buying experience for you. You could say he was the original disruptor. Stop by an Original Mattress Factory store or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. Here is your new Pella Lifestyle window when open. Here it is, closed. The new Pella Lifestyle Series is the number one performing wood window and patio door for sound control, energy efficiency, and value. Keep the outside noise outside. More peace and better rest for your family. Exceptional noise control for a quieter home. For a limited time, get $150 off windows and $500 off doors or 48 months no interest. Call 888-77-PELLA, PellaPittsburgh.com. So how was your breakfast this morning? Was it magnificent or just meh? You could have enjoyed a little morning comfort at the Bistro to Go Cafe, like their simply delicious signature sugar pecan French toast, a savory Tuscan or farmer-style breakfast bowl, or a daily chef-crafted special. Bistro to Go Cafe will always get your morning off to a delicious and healthy start. Have a great day with Bistro to Go on the north side. See what's cooking at bistro-togo.com. Bumper Friday, because it's a hot one out there right now, Listen, 90 plus. find yourself some ice water. Please hydrate, yeah, I'm begging you. Do. So we were talking about this yesterday with uh, when Rod Dreyer uh, joined us, and uh, we just got blown up. I mean, left, right, center, people just were nuts oil. Right, and then David French joined us, and then it was the same thing. Exactly. So we wonder, I mean, have people made politics... Their God. Yes, of course we all listen. We are idol makers. Every single one of us. We are idol makers. Whether your idol is your health, or your appearance, or your car, your cash, or your cash, or your animals, or your politics, yep. or your alcohol, whatever, whatever it is. Ryan Burge is with us. Dr. Burge is professor of political science at Eastern Illinois University. He teaches American institutions, public administration, and international relations. Yeah, Dr. Burge's research focuses largely on the intersection between religiosity and political behavior, especially in this American context. Ryan, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Glad to be with you guys on this warm Friday. Yeah, yes, it is yes. so hot here. I mean, go, good go. Is it hot where you are? It's 105 with heat index. Okay. Turn it up. I think it's 102 here today with the heat right. index. You've got us beat, yeah. Ryan. He's southern. Gosh, he's always West trying. Southern Illinois. Yeah. Can't beat it. Always. No, what's the always. I got there? It's hot. <laughs> it, is it is hot. hot. All right. 
Ryan, we called to you because we're trying to be responsible in how we look at politics. And we're also, we want to be people who are able to step back from it and dissect Mm -hmm. our own behavior. Uh, We talked about, Rod Dreher wrote an extensive piece online a couple days ago. And in the piece, he is taking a step back in his own life. And he's saying, he's trying to look at the factors that have shaped him. And he's coming to what he calls really hard reckoning about the people that he looked up to, the institutions he looked up to, the people who formed him. And he's saying, wait, you know, am I going to be susceptible to the same thing? Am I going to fall into the same pits that they did? Am I going to be an idol maker? An idol maker. Um, So, Ryan, you specialize in looking at religious life. How do you see Mm -hmm. religious life right now intersecting with political life? Well, um, I think that there's been this tectonic, subtle unspoken shift that's happened in American society over the last 20 or 30 years that I think people need to be more aware of. And that is that it used to be that we were taught to look at the world. If you grew up in a Christian household like I did, and I grew up Southern Baptist, I was taught that we should view everything through a Christian worldview, a Christian paradigm, have a Christian perspective on life, a kingdom view of you know everything from marriage to family to politics to money and on and on and on. So the first lens in our eye should be a Christian lens. How does the Bible think about this issue, or how does the Bible talk about this sort of policy? And I would argue in the last 20 or 30 years, what we've seen is that the lens, the first lens that we have in our eye is no longer religion, it's politics. And so we don't read uh, the Bible with a religious lens first. We read the Bible with a political lens first, which means that we pick out the passages that reinforce our political perceptions and then just disregard or ignore or explain away the passages in the Bible that don't fit with our view of the political world. And I would argue that's that's incredibly problematic and at some level probably speaks greatly to the fact that 81% of white evangelicals voted for Donald Trump for president and still support him today, knowing what they know about him and his own personal morality and his own policy position. But where in all this mix, as people put politics first, do they find ultimate truth? Because when you shift Democrat-Republican, where is the truth? I think it's somewhere between. Right. I mean, I I tell my students I have this political um, purity test for them. I go, there are hardcore Republicans in my classes and there are hardcore Democrats in my classes. To the hardcore Democrats, I say, I want you to name two good things that Donald Trump has done as president. And for the hardcore Republicans, I want you to name two good things that President Obama did as president. And you should see how many of them, him and Haw and, you know, and, and roll their eyes. They cannot see any good in the other party, in the other side. And that is so incredibly destructive. If you are, for example, I'm a minister, so my goal in life is to bring more people to the loving grace of Jesus Christ, to show them the love of God, to build the kingdom here on earth. If I have a Facebook page that is nonstop, uh, lock her up, Donald Trump is a great president, if you are pro-choice, you're going to hell, I've essentially said to 30 to 35 percent of the people living in my community that you have nothing to do with me, Mm -hmm. that the gospel has nothing to do with you, that I think you're so far afield that the grace of God does not cover you. And so therefore, I've I've said to a third of people that you're damned to hell. And, and, And that is not what Jesus called me to do as a minister of the gospel. I'm reminded of Michael Jordan. He was asked about politics one day and goes, Michael, why don't you talk more about politics? And he looked straight at the reporter and said, 
well, Republicans buy shoes too, hmm. right? You know, it, it's amazing to me. All my minister friends on Facebook are more political than they are religious. Wow. I mean, that, that speaks volumes to me about what they're putting out there, the brand they're portraying. And the problem is, is we're saying if you're we're basically saying if you're a moderate or liberal in American politics, that religion is not for you, that, that Jesus is not for you because Jesus is a Republican Jesus. And that's just not not the case. Yeah, for sure. That is absolutely not the case. Now, obviously, we're shaped by the cities in which we live. Now, I live in a community because I do a lot of work in the city of Pittsburgh. I went to the University of Pittsburgh. There, I think, is a strong push in the reverse, that if you are a Republican, then you can't be really following Jesus. And if you even considered voting for Donald Trump, let alone if you did vote for Donald Trump, then you certainly can't be a Christian either. So that's the urban perspective um, that I get. And that's in the church. So, yeah. yeah which, is, so, which is just as insidious, by the way. It I really mean, both, is. If you, if you preach in the pulpit, you, have, you can't be a good, good Christian and vote for this person or that candidate, then, then you've missed out on what the gospel is about, which is— in, you know, Paul says there's neither male nor female, Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, right? It belongs to everyone, what I would say, Republican or Democrat. Right. But, Ryan, do you have, have you ever attended a church where politics are preached from the pulpit? Because to me, if I'm going to a church like that, I can't get to the exit sooner. Oh, absolutely. I grew up in the, in the Southern Baptist Church. Well, listen, we know—here's what political science knows. Most pastors are not direct in how they speak about politics from the pulpit. They are indirect, okay, which means they don't talk about things like abortion and head on, but they talk about the value of life and the sanctity of life, right? So you can sort of walk around an issue and not hit it head on. But here's what we also know, that church is a political community, whether there's, there's politics preached from the pulpit or not. So things like, oh, in your bulletin, if you're fundraising for the Crisis Pregnancy Center, or you're encouraging people to attend a pro-life rally or walk, or even things like you go out in the parking lot and you look at the bumper stickers on the cars and trucks and see what they say, right? So all those things, no matter, there's no apolitical church in America. I get it, sure. right? It, it, it's just not overt from the pulpit. Yeah. Dr. Ryan Burge is with us, professor of political science at Eastern Illinois University, where he teaches American institutions, public admin, and international relations. Uh, Ryan, last night I mentioned that we had a we had a couple segments in, on our show yesterday that caused people to get angry, and so we, John and I spent a portion of last night going through emails and looking at you know social posts and that sort of thing. And I got just really down about the whole tenor of the conversation, how angry people are. I mean, it's just nuts. Anyway, so I decide. so I'm sitting, sitting there uh, next to my husband in bed and we're talking about it and I'm kind of, you know, letting loose on the whole thing and just kind of in despair about it. And I, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to take a break. I, I wonder if I can name the 12 apostles. Okay. And that couldn't be more different than what we were talking about. Like yeah. I'm taking a break. What, one so, minute you're in the White House, next you're in the upper room. Listen, I'm saying, well, it should not surprise anyone that I could not name all 12 of the apostles. Because you're so upset? Right? Well, just because I spend more time thinking about politics than I spend reading the Bible. Mm. Okay, so that was one thing that annoyed me. I only got to nine in the in the apostles. But then I was so glad that I ended up in this direction because I started thinking about each of the apostles. Now, some of them we don't know a whole lot about, but some of them we do. And the thing that jumped out at me based, of course, on what I had been immersed in for the couple hours before is that Jesus called people who had vastly different political perspectives 
to follow him. And in those 12 apostles, they were his inner circle. They were his tightest. And he had people in that circle who were zealots, who wanted the Jewish nation to rise up and take over the world. And he had Matthew in there, who was a tax collector, who was hated by the Jewish people. Those were his inner circle. Those people had to find a way to get along. Yeah, but I mean, that, you know what that speaks to is the idea that when people say things like, well, the Bible clearly says, or a plain reading of the Bible will tell you, or the full gospel says this about what it means for war or violence or the role of government in fixing income inequality, right? To say the Bible speaks with one voice on any of those issues is to completely gloss over the nuance and the beauty that is the Bible, which is, yes. and rabbis believe the Old Testament's like a jewel. If you turn each passage, you see something different in it. And as you grow, and I've seen this in my life, I started preaching at 23. I was a single guy, no kids, early in grad school. I preach the same passage now as a 37-year-old guy with two kids and married in a mortgage. <laughs> I preach those passages differently now because my perspective on life is different, yes, right? Yes. So as we change, our perspective changes. And to say the Bible clearly says this, and it's always said this, and it will always say this, is just ignoring the facts. So, Ryan, in your own life— because you eat, sleep, and breathe this, obviously. When you need to step back, how do you step back? Do you step back? I, I, I've really taken a deep dive into historical American Christianity the last couple of years. And to think about how theologians and politicians thought about politics before we got into the morass that we're in right now, Right. I talked to William James Bryan, a guy who was a, a Bernie Sanders socialist, but also a biblical literalist at the same time, right? The fact that you could be more than one thing and be political, right, was an amazing – it's an amazing thought to me that people interpreted the Bible in different ways. I think about guys like um, Dwight Eisenhower who said, I don't care what you believe in as long as you believe in something, right? Can you imagine a president saying that today, especially a Republican president saying that today? So when I, I dig into the historical, you know, I look at um, Lincoln. He had this thing called the Meditation on the Divine Will, a little note that he wrote to himself during the throes of the Civil War, where he was trying to work out in his mind what the will of God was when it came to who was going to win the Civil War and why it was being fought and why was he the president during this time. He actually threw it away, and then someone dug it out of the trash and published it. It's an amazing understanding of a guy grappling with what it means to, to live in the will of God and try to figure out life while you're living it. And I just love that because it shows that what we're dealing with today is nothing new, right? That we've been wrestling with God. We've been wrestling with government. We've been wrestling with a, a good balance of God and government since the beginning, and we'll continue to wrestle with it in the future. Now, my hope is in the future that we'll sort of take a step back and be more um, apolitical with our religiosity, but unfortunately, the, the data doesn't give me a lot of hope in that direction. <laughs> Heck, we're looking for a positive ending to this segment, Ryan. That's Dr. Ryan Burge. I'm, I'm doing gloom. I hate to say <laughs> no, it, no, but you're I, mean, doing I, great. I look at the data, and it is a dark, dark future coming for us, and I don't see any end in sight. Dr. Ryan Burge, Eastern Illinois University. Wet weather is on the way. Keep it dry inside with J&D waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. 
Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Hey, it's John Hall. So a while back, the folks at MyPillow said, hey, John, can you try out a MyPillow and let us know what you think? I'm skeptical. I mean, it's a pillow. But what did I have to lose, right? I'll tell you what I lost. Interrupted sleep. No more folding the pillow in half. No more flat, lifeless pillows. It changed my life. So I'm letting you know, you need my pillow. Well, not my actual pillow, but your own my pillow. It stays cool all night long. No more waking up at 3 a.m. to flip to the cool side of the pillow. It keeps its shape. No more reshaping your pillow in the middle of the night. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Try it. Don't like it? Return it. MyPillow comes with a 10-year warranty. Do you have a pillow that comes with a 10-year warranty? You can toss a MyPillow into your washer and dryer. It's like new again. Get a two-pack of MyPillow's premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at MyPillow.com or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives and restore sight and health for many more. Sign up right now online as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel, What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Hey, Pittsburgh. This month, you could qualify for 20% off the MSRP on select models of the all-new, totally redesigned 2019 Silverado pickup. That's over $9,000 in savings on select Silverado double cab all-stars. The team at Calusi has been serving Pittsburgh for over 100 years, so you can buy with confidence. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. the hottest day Pittsburgh's seen this year. Nice. So wherever you are, please find a way to drink water, stay in the shade, stay as cool as you can. Get in the pool. Look in on your uh, elderly neighbors and your kids and your pets. Uh, sadly, funeral arrangements and other farewell events have been finalized for Pittsburgh Bureau of Police Officer Calvin Hall. You'll remember that he died Wednesday after being shot while attempting to break up an altercation in Homewood while he was off duty. So tomorrow, which is July 20th, police will conduct an end-of-watch ceremony for Officer Hall at 8 p.m., which is when his regular shift would normally end. The ceremony will take place in the 1500 block of Brighton Road, directly in front of Zone 1. To accommodate which is expected to be a large crowd, police will close Brighton Road from Pennsylvania Avenue to California Avenue from 7 p.m. until the end of the ceremony. Um, There are additional closures, which you can find online. Uh, For Monday, the viewing for Officer Hall will be held at Soldiers and Sailors Memorial Hall on 5th Avenue in Oakland from noon to 8 p.m. The family will not be present from 4 to 5 in case you want to express 
express your condolences to them in particular. And on Tuesday, the funeral and memorial service for Officer Hall will be held at Soldiers and Sailors at 11 a.m., burial to follow at Homewood Cemetery. Prayers for the family. Officer Hall acting as a police officer, even though he was off duty on Sunday morning. And uh, we are a better nation, a Mm -hmm. better country, a a better better community. And a better city. Because of the efforts of men and women who protect our liberties, our freedoms, our lives within the streets. We'll take a break, come back during our 5 o'clock hour. We've got lots ahead. Uh, You know, tomorrow, the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin on the moon. We've covered this from a lot of different ways. We're going to talk about this from a theological perspective. In 1958, as the space race got underway, what did great theologians at the time think? That's next on The Ride Home. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Iran said Friday it seized both a British oil tanker and a Liberian-flagged oil tanker in the Strait of Hormuz, a fresh escalation in tensions between Tehran and the West. More from the BBC's Jonathan Beale. We know that this uh, tanker, this British flag tanker, left uh, Fajera, which is in the Emirates. You know, it looks like it is in Iranian hands. The Iranians have confirmed it. The Revolutionary Guard uh, say they have taken it. And as you say, the reason they've given is not following international maritime regulations. Another Iranian source saying it was causing problems. I think you have to take that with a pinch of salt uh, because we know that... Iran was seeking revenge, essentially, for what Britain did, or what they see as what Britain did, by seizing a tanker with Iranian oil off the coast of Gibraltar earlier this month. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 68 points, the Nasdaq dropped 60. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. So you sit down and do your budget, and you look at all your monthly costs and your bills and your income, and it seems like there's never quite enough. You know what would really help, finding $500 a month to help balance things out. That is the typical savings, $500 a month for a family when you switch to MediShare for your health care. And when it comes to health care sharing ministries, MediShare is really the gold standard. It's been around for 25 years and has more than 400,000 members. It's been around so long and grown so much because it works. And whether you're single or married or have kids, this could make sitting down to do a monthly budget a lot more fun. $500 a month can more than cover a car payment or pay back loans, whatever. So join MediShare and go out to dinner to celebrate. Here's the number to call. They are incredibly kind and helpful to talk to. 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around... I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. 
or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Looking for a satisfying career helping people with disabilities? Consider Life Steps, who's served Western Pennsylvania since 1923 and offers 100% paid health, dental, and vision premiums for full-time employees. All shifts available. Make a difference and call Life Steps today at 724-283-1010 or visit lifesteps.net. That's lifesteps.net to check out available positions. Lifesteps is an equal opportunity employer. If you're living under the dark cloud of hidden secrets and judgment, then it's time for you to apply the teaching of Psalm 51 in your own life. Join Terry Hanna for Christians with Secret Addictions. How amazing would it be that rather than hide in the darkness of our past, we can have God himself as our hiding place, our place of safety, his unfailing love and forgiveness. Just like David experienced. Christians with Secret Addictions, Sunday night at 645 on WORD. Very warm and sticky tonight with a few spots seeing a shower or a thunderstorm, low 76. Tomorrow, sunshine and patchy clouds, hot and humid, 94 degrees. We'll stay uncomfortably warm and steamy tomorrow night. With a stray shower, a thunderstorm, 74. Sunday, a shower, a thunderstorm will be back in the area, mostly for the afternoon, staying hot and humid, 90 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. It's a hot one on a Friday afternoon. Feels good, though. You know you're alive when you're sweating from every pore of your body. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you are sweating from every pore of your body, please, you know, I've said this repeatedly, but I, I feel like it needs to be said again. S- get yourself in a cool place. This is not a day to be outside working. This is not a day to be, you know, painting your house or something like that. I know jobs have to be done, but, you know, we're concerned about health. There's a really sad uh, story that came through just in the last, I don't know, couple hours. From former New York Giants offensive lineman and Super Bowl winner Mitch Petras has died in Arkansas of heat stroke. He was 32 years old, and he didn't die because he was working out at a football facility. He was just working in his yard. Oh. So listen, we're not messing around here. Like this is this could be a life and death situation for people. Um, some healthy man who's been an athlete his whole life dies at the age of 32. Uh, you can easily hurt yourself on a day like today. So please take care of yourself. Well, very much so. Hey, um, we've been talking about Apollo 11 this uh, past week or so. There's so many different facets, so many uh, incredible stories about the men and the 400,000 Americans. Americans who are part of that giant piece of machinery that put man on moon. That anniversary is tomorrow, in case you don't know. 50 years ago tomorrow, Neil Armstrong first planted his foot on uh, lunar soil. And, and, and throughout that, you know, uh, despite the, the hu- huge tragedy that was Apollo 1 when three astronauts were killed on the launch pad as they went through rehearsals, despite that, I think a lot of Americans at the time thought, yeah, we're going to do this. This is really, truly going to happen. But in the White House, there was some consternation and a bit of a PR push just in case something did go wrong. Because anything could have gone wrong. 
it was such a fragile chain, right? I mean, there were a thousand and one things and more along the way that if one of those little slices of the fragile chain were broken, men's lives could have been lost. So Richard Nixon, who was the president in 1969, uh, his main speechwriter, William Sapphire, who is a brilliant, was a brilliant writer, he sat down and penned a piece for President Nixon in the event that as Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin were on the moon, disaster would strike, that perhaps somehow the engine would not get off the moon and they'd be stranded. Well, there had to be a a public response to that. So they thought ahead, William Sapphire did, and he wrote a piece called In Event of Moon Disaster. Now, I never knew that this speech existed until the last 48 hours. Right. It is fascinating to think, well, first of all, it's admirable to think that the people who were leading the country recognized that there were several possible outcomes and they needed to be prepared and that they needed to be good leaders uh, for a nation that was either going to be rejoicing or grieving. Right. Um, second of all, it's a wonderful, joyful moment to recognize that we never had to hear this. You got that right. Here's what William Sapphire said. Fate has ordained that the men who went to the moon to explore in peace will stay on the moon to rest in peace. These brave men... Neil Armstrong and Edwin Aldrin know that there is no hope for their recovery, but they also know that there is hope for mankind in their sacrifice. These two men are laying down their lives in mankind's most noble goal, the search for truth and understanding. They will be mourned by their families and friends. They will be mourned by their nation. They will be mourned by the people of the world. They will be mourned by a mother earth that dared send two of her sons into the unknown. In their exploration, they stirred the people of the world to feel as one. In their sacrifice, they bind more tightly the brotherhood of man. In ancient days, men looked at stars and saw their heroes in the constellations. In modern times, we do much the same. But our heroes are epic men of flesh and blood. An event in the event of moon disaster by William Sapphire. The moon disaster did not happen. It did not. And those three men were returned to the bounds of Earth with great fanfare and unbelievable relief and a huge sense of having triumphed over something that seemed impossible. Can you imagine? When you, you know, I've been reading this these past months or so about this. I think a large part of these uh, Neil Armstrong, Michael Collins, Buzz Aldrin, and a lot of these guys who went to the moon, that a large part of their training were spent in meetings, right? They were in this meeting and this. And I'm sure once they finally got in that capsule and were on their way to their journey, they were like, thank goodness all that preparation is over. Let's do this. But then when they came back and they became such international sensations, then their life turned again, that they were still astronauts in some way, but mostly what they were were ambassadors or celebrities or men of renown, and they spent most of their life, although Neil Armstrong probably was the exception, he was so shy and so not interested in being that that celebrity or that ambassador, he really reverted to a life of a professor and mostly a life of solitude. But for a lot of these men, the limelight shone so bright that that became their calling. And the the force that got them into that position to be explorers took second place. 
covered in many ways by meetings and events and other minutia around that. We'll take a break and come back. We're going to talk about 1958 and what C.S. Lewis and Tozer, other men, the theologians of the early days of the space race, had to say about man reaching towards the stars. Hey, it is now time for us to go check out Marsha at the Springhouse because on a beautiful, hot summer weekend, what else do you want to do but head on down to the Springhouse and let somebody else do the cooking? Hey, Marsh, hot in the kitchen <laughs> down there. Oh, wow, is it hot. But it's we're happy to have people coming, and we've been really busy today and lots of ice cream and lots of people so happy not to be cooking. I bet. So. Okay, Marsha, so if someone <laughs> says there is no possible way that I'm going to be cooking. They're going to think about the uh, they're going to think about the springhouse because they want good food, but you know, not anywhere near their own stove. Uh, tell us about <laughs> the food coming up this weekend, and tell us about the All American Car Cruise. Yeah. So on Sunday, um, this is an annual event. I think this is our fifth time we've done it, and it's really fun. We kind of outgrew our parking lot, so now we are across the road at the 84 auction, and a whole bunch of antique cars and hot rods and specialty custom-built cars will be coming and going all day long, and people stop over there and check out the cars, and then they come on over here and have a great meal, and we have a really good meal planned. We um, are doing a grilled marinated flank steak that we slice down by ham, carving ham with pineapple molasses glaze, uh, celebration chicken romano with a light cream sauce, summer vegetable medley, scalloped potatoes, chicken and gravy over biscuits. Uh, hand-peeled mashed potatoes. It's going to be a really yummy meal. So it's nice and cool in the store. So it's a great day to come on out and check out the cars. And then um, we'll have uh, constables on the road that'll be helping people cross back and forth and check out so they can do everything. Nice. Okay. So go see the hot rods, then have yourself a hot meal, and then cool down with some Springhouse ice cream. Sounds great. Sounds like a perfect day. 101.5 WORD. You could win an amazing cruise, an adventure to respark your marital relationship on Family Life's Love Like You Mean It Marriage Cruise. Just log on to our station website and use the keyword stronger. And when you enter, you'll also receive a free copy of Family Life's ebook, Stronger Forever, a personalized six week plan to grow your marriage. Make your marriage stronger. Register now to win at wordfm.com. As parents, you're dedicated to seeing your kids live out God's call for their lives, to enter adulthood with discernment, integrity, biblical values, and the ability to thrive in work that's meaningful, to not only make wise and faithful decisions, but defend them as well. At Cornerstone Prep in West Mifflin, pre-K through 12th grade students thrive in an environment that fosters biblical discipleship and authentic education. Cornerstone Prep, ready for life at cornerstoneprep.net. This is Carl on his motorcycle. Let's ride till we run out of gas. And this is Carl off his motorcycle. Balsa wood is very different than teak. People confuse the two. On his motorcycle. Hey, check out that view. Off his motorcycle. Let's do puzzles in the break room. On. Look at all that open road. Off. Look how long my fingernails are getting. 
You're better on your bike. Progressive helps keep you on it. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club you save as much as half. Half of home improvement services, web design, family entertainment, music festivals, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping. And God save the green. We're having a heat wave, a tropical heat wave. The temperature's rising, it isn't surprising, she certainly can. Can, can. Started the heat wave by letting her seat wave. That's Ella, right? It sure is. Yeah. And in such a way well, she's right. We are having a heat wave. Hmm? Good. Everything can. she is saying is so true. Except I haven't seen the can-can. No, no. Well, there's still time for that. The day's That's young. It. Please, right? find a place and stay cool. Right. Hey, uh, 1957, October 1957, the Russians essentially shocked the world. Because they launched for the first time a satellite called Sputnik that rotated around the world. And that beep, 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 as uh, innocuous as it might have been to some people, scared the heck out of Americans. Because there they were, the Russians first in space. Now they had the opportunity to launch bombs, satellites, you name it. The fear was really uh, horrific for a lot of people. It was the beginning of the space race. But then... A short 11 years later, America triumphed in the space race by putting Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin on the moon first, essentially beating the Russians, ending the Cold War as well. But when you think about 1958, what was it like for men and women of the cloth? What were they thinking about? How did they look as space travel was starting to unfold? Was it something to be celebrated, something to be feared? Well, back with us once again, uh, to talk to us about this, uh, from a perspective of theology and historical theology, is Douglas Estes. Douglas is Assistant Professor of New Testament and Practical Theology, Director of the D-Min Program at South University, Columbia. Uh, Doug, welcome back to the show. Happy that you're with us. Great. It's great to be back. Thanks, John. So, Doug, you wrote a terrific piece in Christianity Today, and in it you looked at people like C.S. Lewis and Tozer and some of the great theological minds of the time and what they had to say. But could you place us in history, as my introduction sort of brings you up to this, 1958, there was a lot of anxiety about the world, wasn't there? Yes, that's right. And you can see that in the interview that CT did um, that year. There was a lot of anxiety coming out of World War II and into the 50s and seeing the Russians succeed. And it caused a lot of Christians to wonder, what should we do in this scenario? How do we live? How do we relate to God? And then we're looking at going to the moon. We're looking at exploring space. What does that mean for us? How do we exist in this brave new world? So talk to us then because some people were, like I said, fearful. Others were expectant. Others were excited. Okay, what's why fearful? I think why fearful is there was a concern about how we could damage our world and uh, reintroduce another global conflict like World War II. And so if the space race uh, accelerated, 
if perhaps in the way that the events leading up to World War II did, we might have yet another major world conflict. And I think that was a big concern. And I think that another concern that was raised by several of the theologians is that sometimes when people do things without thinking and and with an interest to themselves, then it's easy to glorify man rather than glorify God. And that's always a concern. I see. So one of the theologians, uh, you talk about Reinhold Niebuhr, right? Uh, one of the most prominent right. theologians of the 20th century. Talk about him, because he essentially said that he was baffled. Right. He was baffled about the interest in the space race because he felt that so much needed to be done on our own planet, that there were so many pressing issues, there were so many concerns with nuclear weapons. Uh, why would we invest time or energy in this? At least at this point in his life, um, he he did not seem to have a strong uh, argument or rationale why we as people should even be concerned with this. What about the flip side of that? There was obviously some fear, but there was also some celebration as well, the dawning of a new age. Yes, that's right. And a number of the theologians that we interviewed in that era, um, they all felt like that this could be a positive, that in some way people could use this in a way that might bring people together, and even as Christians might be part of our uh, challenge to uh, be in our world and and demonstrate who God is in our world. So I love what Karl Barth said, because even if we do go to the moon, God is going to be there, and mm-hmm. uh, he's already there. And so wherever we are as believers, we have a chance to be salt and light, um, whether that's, you know, on Earth or on the moon or on Mars. Douglas Estes is with us, Assistant Professor of New Testament and Practical Theology and Director of the Doctor of Ministry Program at South University, Columbia. All right, talk about um, A.W. Tozer. So he had, um, it seems like a bigger perspective, like a, a, a big view, meta perspective on what was happening. Yes, that's right. Tozer had a great view, and his view was basically this, is that we as Christians, and he's talking in the 1950s now, but we as Christians, we spend a lot of time reading the headlines in the paper, and we spend a lot of time applying what he calls a microscope to world events. But he says that the, the problem with that perspective is that it misses the bigger perspective of what God wants to do, that if we're really serious about understanding God's plan in our world, that we would use a telescope, not a microscope. And everything that occurs in our world today is, uh, is visible from times past. So when the apostles, when they were thinking what God was going to do, they saw the future through a telescope. And we have to understand that we see God's work in our world through a telescope and not primarily through a microscope. Oh, that's really interesting. Just a totally different change of perspective, isn't it? It is a totally different change of perspective, and I would argue that where Tozer is exactly right is that that's where we oftentimes get tripped up when we today, and and this we can go all the way back through history, but where we today, Christians, get tripped up is we try to figure out how to live or how to respond to something looking only at the events of the day without considering it in historical Mm -hmm. perspective Mm -hmm. or what God wants to do in the future. (laughs) And in that last, I'm sorry, that last point of what God wants to do in the future is the question that we always have to ask. Yes. Okay, so staying positive then, tell us about Paul Tillich, because I I do not know this name, but uh, he writes beautifully. 
Yes. Uh, Tillich also is arguing about the value of the space race for bringing people together. And, and I think that's what happens. Anytime there's a new technology, there's always going to be a time, a period where we figure out how to use it. And there's always going to be some concern about the damages it could do, the negatives of it, but then also the positives of it. And so, you know, you experience that. I mean, looking back now, looking back uh, 50 years, we can easily see where these new technologies have come and there have been opportunities for good and opportunities for bad. Some have leaned more towards good. Some have leaned more towards bad. But Tillich was right that the space, uh, space had the opportunity, space technology, space growth had the opportunity to bring countries together, to bring people together. And I think he was exactly right. Okay, so Carl F.H. Henry, who I think was the founding editor of uh, Christianity Today. Now, he right. was not on board with this uh, space exploration oh, no. thing. Yes, he, he was not fully on board. Uh, that's generous. Uh, I think his concern was that he saw how technology could at times be used to glorify people, um, how uh, we can do things in our world that instead of pointing towards God, points towards ourselves. And that is a very, sure. you know, that's a very legitimate mm-hmm. concern. Um, but I think that that speaks more to who we are as people rather than how mm-hmm. technology, invention, and science proceeds. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's true. I mean, it, it, in many ways, it was prescient because, look, I mean, um, the Apollo 7 astronaut or the uh, Mercury 7 astronauts, for a lot of people, they became godlike. And all those men who, you know, had, quote, the right stuff, people measured themselves against that so they they did ascend and of course you know this it's problematic right when ego controls everything else that's right but let me just mention like what i wrote in my piece i I wrote that for every tower of babel built with human tools out of human pride there's also a seamless robe woven with human tools for divine purpose or gold refined with human tools that regales a king and and i think that the thing that that henry misses is that is that when we look at throughout the history of mankind, these technologies, these tools, there's many instances where they have been used for bad, but there's also many instances where they've been used for good. And as Christians, our job is to be that uh, that prophetic call to our society, to our culture, to continue to use these things the right way. Right. So F.F. Bruce, a uh, leading British biblical scholar, uh, also had the meta-perspective, and I love this quote that you uh, included here, the more that men discover about the universe of God, the more cause they have for admiring his wisdom and power. And, you know, that's not just applicable to space, but that's ap- applicable to the microscopic world. You know, that that's applicable to the world of animals. It's, I mean, that that's just understanding more about the universe should cause us to praise God more. We, we have more to praise him about. I think you're exactly right, and I think that's exactly what Bruce was arguing, too. Uh, People... You know, people get hung up with the idea that as we discover things, it minimizes God. But I would say the exact opposite is true, that the more we discover, the more incredible God seems. Uh, The more that we discover both of the big and the small, like you said, the microscopic and also um, the telescopic, that which is out there in the universe, it gives us such a bigger and bigger and bigger picture of who God is and just the incredible abilities he had in creating the universe. 
Douglas Estes is with us. He is assistant professor of New Testament at um, South uh, University, Columbia. He also has written a piece at Christianity Today where he's compiled different voices from the past. The piece is called Moonshot, What Barth Tillich and Tozer Thought About the Space Age. Now, let's talk about about Karl Barth because what he said essentially uh, about where, where people are, so is God. Well, I mean, we talked about this a while ago that Buzz Aldrin himself, as they land on the moon, one of the first things that Buzz Aldrin did was give himself communion. Yes, that's right. And it just demonstrates that the relationship that people have with God transcends any form of time or space. So you don't need to be in Europe to experience God, as Columbus and the rest are are setting out to explore the new world. You don't have to just be on planet Earth to experience God. You can be on the moon. You can be on Mars. We are still people of God. It is our relationship with God that, that determines everything, not our location, not any of those other external things. All right, so let's close out talking about C.S. Lewis. Now, for anyone who's read the Space Trilogy, I think you can kind of guess what his perspective on this would be, but it's not really about space exploration as much as it is about how we recognize the message of God and then communicate with each other. Yes, I think C.S. Lewis uh, was probably being humorous in his response to some degrees, but he has a really important point, which is that if we as believers cannot act like believers, if we cannot demonstrate that we are believers in how we love each other, how we, how we communicate the gospel to others, then when we meet little green men or when we meet extraterrestrials, then we're not going to be able to communicate the gospel to them. And, and I think that the, the argument, the bigger argument that he's making, whether we ever meet little green men or not, is just the fact that, again, no matter what occurs in our world, it is still our responsibility to live for Christ. And that is what our greatest calling is. Yes. So, Doug, I mean, if tomorrow, 50 years to the day that man first set foot on the moon, and I think, you know, people are still amazed by, and, and not to minimize the tech, that, you know, we got to the moon with such limited amount of tech, considering where we were in the, in the 60s, and of course, where we are right now. And, and so... Uh, what about this? I mean, you know, as Christians and we embrace new tech, I think there's always a lot of perhaps consternation or questioning how we engage with technology as believers. What are your thoughts about that? Um, as we're saturated in this world right now and tech surrounds us, whether it was, you know, with the, the Apollo program or moving forward, we as believers somehow, we should be on the front lines of using tech well, but often we lag behind. Yes, I think you're exactly right. I wrote a book that came out this year called Braving the Future, Christian Faith in a World of Limitless Tech. And that was actually the the topic of that book, is how do we as believers uh, still live in this world where technology keeps changing, and yet at the same time we're called to be faithful to God. And and I think that we've all, you've mentioned it, and I mentioned it that what it comes down to is it comes to faithful engagement. That throughout the history of the church, and especially in the last 100 years, uh, let me rephrase that: not the history of the church, but the history of the church in the last 100 or 150 years, we have been more and more hesitant, more and more reactionary in dealing with technology. And I think that that's a mistake. I think that instead of being reactionary, we've got to be proactive. We want 
to have um, engagement with technology. We want some of our, our sons and daughters to grow up and be scientists. We want to have people in the church engage with science. This is really important that we do that. And in fact, as I note in my book, and as we've talked about before, the thing is, is that most Christians that I run into are very pro-science. They, they, they just, they love what, what, what is happening, but they're just not always sure of how it works and how they're to be faithful in it. Um, and so that is the reason why we need to be proactive in our engagement. That's good. Hey, Douglas, thanks an awful lot. We always appreciate your time here with us, especially your insights and wisdom on this tech. Sure. Happy to be here, John. Thank you. Our pleasure. Douglas Estes, he is the author of Braving the Future, Christian Faith in a World of Limitless Tech. He's got a great piece online at Christianity Today. Highly recommend it. Check it out. Hey, before you know it, we'll be back in a session as far as school goes. But, you know, we're halfway through the summer, and it's probably a good time to reflect on what the school year was like. And so we can see how the summer's going and then look ahead to the fall. Well, I have a daughter who's between her sophomore and junior year at Grove City College, and so she's now halfway through her summer job. It's given us a good chance to evaluate how her last semester at Grove City impacted what she's doing this summer. And, you know, I'm really, really happy about it. And it's not just that she's utilizing stuff that she learned in the classroom as much as it is that I can see that she's learned how to integrate her faith with book knowledge, and it's all coming together so that when she's in the workplace, she's actually... I don't know. She's thinking differently. She's functioning better. I really think the training she's getting at Grove City is making a big difference at work. I agree, Kath. My son will be going uh, a senior at Grove City College this year. And you see, you see the growth in your child's life from a senior in high school to a senior in college. He's an intern at a local robotics company here in the city of Pittsburgh. I'm excited for him. And I know that many of those powers, much of the strength that he's derived has come from those last three years at Grove City College. So you as a parent thinking about your child and what the future holds, both Kath and I would recommend you take a good look at Grove City College for the future growth of your child, not only in intellectual growth, but as a Christian as well. GCC.edu, Grove City College. Guess what time it is? I've been waiting all day for this. It is time now for today's $1,000 daily cash giveaway, Word FM, Word of the Day. Are you having fun with words? It's going to give away $1,000 in cash to somebody. Remember these words. The Word FM word of the day is Oakmont. Enter the word Oakmont online at wordfm.com forward slash cash, and you'll have the chance to win $1,000. Again, the Word FM word of the day is Oakmont. Recent storms have done a number on Pittsburgh's homes and businesses. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. All you have to do is visit windowsareuspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows Are Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. Why pay twice as much with other companies? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. 
Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Once upon a time, customers would find your business with this big, thick book full of phone numbers and competitors' phone numbers. It was a heavy, cumbersome, yellowish-looking thing. You'd place your ad in the book and hope customers would call. Hello? Now, there's Salem Surround, delivering customers with targeted digital marketing. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Very warm and sticky tonight with a few spots seeing a shower or a thunderstorm, low 76. Tomorrow, sunshine and patchy clouds, hot and humid, 94 degrees. will stay uncomfortably warm and steamy tomorrow night with a stray shower or a thunderstorm, 74. Sunday, a shower or a thunderstorm will be back in the area, mostly for the afternoon, staying hot and humid, 90 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. I don't even know what that song is. Sounds like something from the 80s. Sure is. What is that, Mike? Cruel Summer by Bananarama. B- no, Bananarama. That's Bananarama. Bananarama. Right. Excuse me. Okay. Uh-huh. You forgot it. Yeah. You forgot a nah. Cruel Summer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cruel right. Summer. It. I mean, today is for sure a cruel summer. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about hot songs to listen to in the heat because we're trying to allow uh, you to rejoice in your current circumstances. So if it's Mine? On, well, All anyone, especially someone who's outside and it's a hundred, the heat index is one hundred and three. Oh you need to, you know, take your mind off it. So Mike, give us another. Okay, it's a disco song. Yeah. So it's who a, is that? I don't know who that is. The Tramps. <laughs> I love those guys. <laughs> I know the song. I don't yeah, know the Tramps. Right. Uh, Seventy six. That's what I would say. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, somewhere in the mid seventies when disco okay, was king. Okay. I, right. I like disco. Okay, Mike, hit it me again. We're having a heat wave. Oh, we've That's heard this. really good. I like this. Yeah. Wait. A tropical this... heat wave. The temperature's rising, it isn't surprising, she certainly can, can, can. Started the heat wave by letting her seat wave. <laughs> and in such a way that the customers say that she certainly can, can, can. See, I think that's the best female vocalist of all time. Oh, Ella. Oh, hands I, down. Yeah, I think so too. Mm. Yeah, okay. uh, Irving Berlin wrote that song. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It was for a show, right? In 1933, A Thousand Cheers, and it was introduced by Ethel Waters. So it was, that's the name of the show, A Thousand Cheers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that, the show didn't make it. No, it? no, but the song somehow, well, we're playing it. I mean, I got to be honest, it's not a great song, but, you know, Ella can make anything sound good. Oh, yeah, good. sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, Mike. Another weird, weird name. Is that Johnny Clay? I have no idea who that is. Buster Poindexter. Oh, Buster Poindexter. I don't know that name. Oh, yeah. I wish I knew this year this. I would say early 80s. Who knows? Give me something else, Mike. All right. Uh, 
in the heat of the night. There we go. I like that. I've got trouble wall to wall. That's right. Isn't that Ray Charles? Yeah, you know it. Oh, yes, I am. I repeat. I repeat in the night. Must be an ending to it all. That's good. He can't do anything bad. No, no, he can't. He's a legend. Hands down. What's happened to music? Why don't we listen to this Seriously. stuff anymore? What I don't know, happened? but that is awesome. I miss it. That is awesome. I mean, I didn't grow up in that era, but <laughs> that's the top of the list so yeah, far. Yeah, I'd say so. Got to be honest. This guy, too. I fell oh. into a burning <laughs> ring I love this song. I went down, 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 and the flames went higher, and it burns, 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 the ring of fire, the ring of fire. I fell into a When my kids were about seven or eight years old, this was my oldest kid's favorite song. Really? We must have played the song, no exaggeration, 500 <laughs> times. I had this CD in the car, he'd say, Ring of Fire, Dad. Let's play oh, that again. that's awesome. And June Carter, right? Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. I love it so much. All right, so coming up next, we're going to talk about bathroom rules. Bathroom rules? What now, do you look, mean? I'm wait, not wait, 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 Don't get carried away. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying that I saw this article written by somebody about their Airbnb experience. Mm-hmm. And their Airbnb experience began with looking at bathroom rules that was posted on the bathroom of where they were staying. What? Like in someone's house? Uh-huh. For the guests, they had specific rules. These are the bathroom rules. rules. And I read that and I thought to myself, now, they've never been spoken in my house, but I've got bathroom rules. What do you mean they've never been spoken? You never had to tell your daughters, Well, yeah, this is what I we get, expect. Okay, let's put it this way. They've never been codified. So they have been spoken, but it's more like an understanding that like a family arrives at, that we're going to do that or we're not going to do that. Okay, huh. right. Okay, okay, I got some of those do you things. See? Okay, I got sure, some sure. of those things. My too. grandmother had a prayer on the wall. A prayer on the bathroom wall. A bathroom wall. prayer. Yeah, yeah, I like it was that. It's very simple. Do you what know the bathroom prayer? Yeah. It was, Lord, help me through this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful, Mike. Play us out. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Too hot, lady. Gotta run for shelter, gotta run for shade. It's too hot, too hot, too hot, lady. Gotta cool this anger from this mess that we made. It's too hot, too hot. As we study the book of Jeremiah with our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, we hear one theme repeat itself turn back to God. It was Jeremiah's message to the people of Judah, and it's God's message to every wandering heart in every generation, including our own. I'm Steve Schwetz, inviting you to join us as we continue our wild and wonderful journey through the Bible. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. The following statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Amberin trials tested mild to moderate symptoms. Testimonial is based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. IRI U.S. MULO, 52 weeks by UPC. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton, and I want to talk to you about something I haven't liked to talk about until now, my menopause. All my life, I've had energy, energy to win gold in 84. But when menopause hit me, with the hot flashes and night sweats, I began to feel sluggish every day. That all changed when I discovered Amberin. Amberin safely relieves 12 menopause symptoms by helping to restore your hormonal balance. Amberin is 100% drug-free, estrogen-free, and clinically tested. 
Amberin is America's number one menopause relief supplement. Thanks to Amberin, my fear of hot flashes is gone. My sheets aren't soaked every night, and my energy is back. Give Amberin a try and see what it can do for you. It works. It really works. Hurry to your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine retailers nationwide and get Amberin today. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Looking for a satisfying career helping people with disabilities? Consider Life Steps, who's served Western Pennsylvania since 1923 and offers 100% pay health, dental, and vision premiums for full-time employees. All shifts available. Make a difference and call Life Steps today at 724-283-1010 or visit lifesteps.net. That's lifesteps.net to check out available positions. Life Steps is an equal opportunity employer. You've been planning this day all your life. Enjoy your wedding and leave the catering to Bistro to Go on the north side. Discover Bistro's classiest, simply delicious menu selections from butler past hors d'oeuvres to starters, main courses, and desserts. Buffet or plated service, each package contains full china, linen, staffing, complimentary cake plating, and more. Reasonably priced from intimate morning breakfast to grand evening affairs. Find menus, pricing, even venue recommendations at bistroandcompany.com. Hundred and three. I believe that's the heat index today. <laughs> nice job, Mike. Hot bumper music for this Friday afternoon as you're making your way home. Hopefully you're home and somewhere air conditioned. And if not, just get, set up a fan, wa- douse yourself with water, drink it Something. until you don't know any better. It's just Stay keep cool. it keep it going. All right. So um, I saw an article online, foxnews.com, yep. about someone going to an Airbnb and being confronted with a long list of bathroom rules upon his arrival. And I thought, you know, of course, the the bend of the article was, this is really too much. Like, I don't think we need bathroom rules. Hey, now. Thank you. Hey, hey, hey. But I said to myself, now, they're not written down. They're not put in any specific form. But I realize I've got my own set of bathroom rules. And I tend to enforce them. Not tend. I do enforce them in my home. And I think everybody does. There are just certain things that you think are the way things should be done. If you desire order and cleanliness, you must. Don't you think? Yeah. All right. Tell me one of your bathroom rules. Okay. So my background, which you well know, is that one house growing up, one bathroom, six women. (laughs) It's a pressure. My mother, my five sisters... All of them. And then on the other side, me, my dad, and my brother. So the guys were, you know, sort of outnumbered. So you had had to adhere to a very strict protocol about bathroom etiquette, which as a man, uh, I'm happy to have. So you had nine people in one bathroom. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That's a lot of people, isn't it? Wow. So first and foremost, of course, put the seat down. 
Oh, good. Of course. Good. Can right? we just, let's just all agree on that. First and foremost. That's like number one rule. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, good. I didn't even put that on my list. Oh, it's just, it should be reality. Well, it's not for a no, lot of people, right. right? I mean, it is. But for my boys, you know, so now it's just my my wife, she's the only girl there, and the three boys, just put the seat down. Mm-hmm. And the guys are good with that. No, I think that's, it's good. That's rule. I think. That's the, the, like the cornerstone of bathroom etiquette for men. I think it sounds great. Let me say that the cornerstone of bathroom etiquette in our house is that absolutely nothing can stay in the shower. Nothing? Nothing. Wait, wait. No shampoo bottles? No. You don't, do you have a caddy? No. No caddy? No. You're bringing into the shower yes. and then you're taking back out? Yes. Really? I, I want the shower to be completely... You can have... There's, there, there's soap in there, but that's it. Really? There's nothing else in the shower. Why is that? Because, you know, we, we renovated our shower about 15 years ago. And it took a lot of time and money to renovate a bathroom. Bathrooms are very expensive. Yes. We only have one shower in our house. So this is it, right? It's not, it wasn't an expensive renovation, but it's nice. Yeah, and I, clean. I, I don't, there's too much co- like visual cacophony when you've got your shampoo bottles and you're taking, I don't Nope, none of that. Okay. No, everybody right. has to take I'm impressed. Stuff. I have to <laughs> say too. I'm impressed because yes. I, had, I had a sister. Or, I still have a sister. But anyway- the bathroom growing up with her oh my was, gosh. oh my! I sometimes I couldn't get into the ba- into, into the tub because there's shampoo bottles and conditioner bottles Tell everywhere. Tell me about it, Mike. Three get... different styles of shampoo and conditioner. Yep. I'm like, mm-hmm. what? You only need one. No, but as a guy, I was sort of like in heaven because I'd like sample. Let me try some of this. How's that smell? <laughs> and no one would know What's, if you were sampling, no one right? Cared. You know, well, they yeah. might have cared, but you know, yeah, I just tripped the light. Fantastic! It was you know shampoo <laughs> products forever. Mike, bathroom rule. Um, number one, refill the toilet paper if if it's out. Oh, of course. Refill it. Listen, of if course. it's out. What people don't do that? Do you know oh, my, my son? My son. Yeah, don't I was do gonna that. say. <laughs> Good heavens. Yeah. Okay. Right. Go ahead, Mike. Number two, we have a stack of this, and it's it's wonderful. And if you guys don't have this, you guys need it. Mm. It's gonna change your bathroom life. Okay. Poopery. Poopery. Oh. Yeah. If you're if What's if poo-pourri? someone if someone sprays the last bit of Poopery, mm-hmm. refill it. Poopery. I, I'm not. I'm not. Is, that, is that like potpourri? Exactly. It's like potpourri, but, but it's for the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So you know, you do your business, but you spray. You have to spray the poopery in the toilet mm-hmm. or around the area of the toilet really? before you do your business, and you you literally can't smell a thing. Well, listen to Mike. You well, can't. Doesn't he have it all put together? Yeah. I know it might be. Gross for some people to listen to, no, but it's it, just bathroom etiquette. It is. We're talking about bathroom rules. Keep right, it, right, right. You know. Okay, keep I appreciate it. Very that. nice. All right, John. Okay, so with teenage boys, first of all, I appreciate that they brush their teeth because left to their own devices, most boys will choose not to brush their teeth. Right? You don't know this. I didn't. But know But you've got to really. True. It's true. I mean, you got to. I always say, "Do you guys brush your teeth this morning?" Mm, mm, yeah. Let's go. Come on. Even, you know, even now at 18, 19 years of age. But the problem is whenever they brush their teeth, they, <laughs> this is kind of gross, they spit in the sink with a mouthful of toothpaste oh, and, and then they walk away. Oh, uh, that's wrong. Hey, 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 that hey, can't hey, happen. Hey. That hey. cannot happen. So we've got double sinks. One side is their sink. Right. One side is my wife and Absolutely I. Absolutely right. And, you know, uh, it looks like it's like all white. Come on, you guys. Come on mm-hmm. in. 
wipe this thing down. Yes. Wipe the sink. Yes. Get a little cleanser in there. Good for you. What the heck? Good for you. You're absolutely right. Now yeah. here's now I have two daughters, mm-hmm. and my daughters have the same hair that I do, and so we have a lot of hair. It's very curly. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, I recognize that we all have a lot of hair. Yeah. yeah. When I walk into the bathroom. I don't want to see any of it yeah. anywhere in the shower, in, in the, the drain, sink, in the dra- nothing, nothing. Do you know why? Because we're not Philistines. Take care of your okay? hair. Okay, we're going to take care of our hair. Okay, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. So I don't want to walk in and see and see one hair in the sink. Uh-huh. I don't want to see that. We're I not don't Philistines. want that. Okay, that's so good. it can't happen. So your kids are like on high alert. Well, I just feel str- I mean, people. It, I think it's because if we had a bunch of bathrooms, like yeah. if, if we lived they in a house where bathroom. my kids had their own bathroom, it'd be one thing. Go but we're all it. in the same bathroom. I think it's a good training ground. What about uh, what about towels, hand towels, face towels? Do you have oh. rules for that? Well, all I know is since we don't have air conditioning, if you don't hang your towel up over the top of a door, it's <laughs> never going to dry. Uh, the old stinky, moldy towel. Never. Mm-hmm. Do you do that in your house? Uh, lay the towels out. Yeah. We so I've got a you know my one kid. Uh, I appreciate he's being neat, but he'll take a shower and then fold the t- towel in half and hang it back on the towel rack. That's well, it's good, except that it's never ever going to dry. No, which it's going to be a stinky mess. Yeah. So yeah, get that towel out of there. Put it. You know, he's got like a little thing in his room. Put it in there. See, my wife and I don't have. We don't use a, a towel for like after we're done washing our hands. We don't use a regular towel. We have paper towels. Oh, oh, you do? We, yeah. In the bathroom? Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. What? Tell, wait, tell me about this. The what? reason why is because my wife, and, and God love her, she's a little bit of a germaphobe. Oh, Mrs. New Mike's a germaphobe. So oh. even if Stink she clean. feels that even if you do wash your hands and you dry your hands off with a towel, it yeah. still leaves bacteria on the towel. Mm-hmm, uh-huh. mm-hmm. But if you're using a paper towel, you know, you're drying your hands off with a paper towel, you throw it away. What right. about the environment? Right. Well, you're probably killing a lot of trees that way. But mm-hmm. okay, all right, so are you ha- keeping a like a round roll of paper towels? We in are. There? Yep it's 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 laying right on right, laying on right on the right side of our our sink. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And so you're ripping off a paper towel. Each one. Yeah. How about, you know what I wish I could get? Hmm. You know those hand dryers that are like down here nuclear powered down here. Yeah. No no like no. The, no. Seven Parkway the ones Center. that are like jet powered. Yeah. yeah. That's what I want. I want that. I don't like I those. Like, you get, both I of you got neither of you guys I don't like, like that. those. No, they're too loud. It's too violent. It's too much. I like it. I just want to wash my hands in quiet and walk out the door. I was thinking of seeing if I could put one of those in my bathroom. Oh no. Because the hand towel thing also bothers me. But so I think I should just get one of them. Here's See? the deal. You're in bed. <laughs> it's midnight. One of your kids washes their hands, then they turn the jet engine oh. on. I don't think That's so. A good point. <laughs> I don't think. But don't you get a, don't you get a sense of happiness being in the in the bathroom here? On, no, on no, 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 absolutely not. Mm, I don't I, like that. You, seriously, I talked to John about this the other day. I might bring a can of Febreze in in the men's room. In the men's room down here yeah. at Seven Parkway. Yeah. Well, so now you're taking care of not your yeah. not just your own bathroom, but you're going to enforce bathroom <laughs> yeah. rules here. Wait, how about this? Can the, speaking of that, how about when like when you go? This always perplexes me. When you go into the hoity-toity, which is now sort of you know fading, and there's the bathroom attendant. Oh yeah. What do you do there? I always yeah, get got, conflicted. Well, well, you have to what do you tip mean, her. What do you do? You got to tip well, her. No. Because she's handing you a paper towel. Oh, jeez. And for, I mean, I'm not even carrying money with I, me all of a sudden. That's the problem. And I'm using a, sudden, a paper towel like, and I feel guilty. We're moving to a cashless society. I don't have anything to give the poor nothing. woman. And I feel bad for the people in there because I think, this is a heck of a career choice, you right. poor soul. And then they're handing you a basket filled with all sorts of accoutrement. I don't... I can't even process what's in that no, basket. No, no. Listen, if that person spray, because sometimes they have they perfume spray or cologne, right, right. if they spray me with no. a really 
expensive cologne. Yeah. I might, yeah. They're not going to spray you with an expensive cologne. They're going to get Genite from right right Exactly. Something at the Woolworth, you know, (laughs) scent counter. That's probably not good. But if they are going to spritz you with something expensive, Mike, are you going to tip them? Yeah, no. I am. Because it's an, it's, a, it's an expensive cologne. What okay. if you don't have any money? What if you don't like it? Well, if you don't like it, you say, no, you know, no thanks. I don't like that. Okay, that's right. Know. That's a, sort of a sidebar yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. okay give right. me some other rules here for All your right. dog. Uh, um, the other thing is when you're done in the shower, you clean it all out. Wipe it down. Like we have a hand shower, you know, that type mm, of thing. Yeah. So when you're done with the shower, it's time for you to clean the shower. Wipe it down. You wipe it. You, you clean the walls. Mm-hmm. You get everything out of there. I already said how I feel about hair. Should not be seen. And you would not it, like my shower. Is that right? What? Clean it all out. Oh, my gosh. Clean it all out. Okay, no, wait. Here, here, I have the weirdest shower in the world. So we live like way back up off the street, up this hill. And where we live, is it's secluded. It's private. I've got a window in my shower. <laughs> You got so a window I. in your shower. I yeah. have one too. I got a window in my You've shower. You got a window in your it's shower. It's weird, isn't it? I kind of like it. I oh, mean, there's do. nobody around. There's, I mean, all the, I've lived in this house for 14 years. I've never once. <laughs> see, I always want to wave to somebody. Now, wait a minute. When I'm taking what a were shower, you going to say you never once what? Never once saw anybody like walking okay, through but my backyard. That's not the problem. The problem is how many people have seen you. No one's no one's seen there's me. There's a window in your shower. Uh, there's nobody around. Mike, do you have a curtain on that? Yeah, of course. Oh, you okay. do? I don't. You need it. We're oh, wide open. Disgusting. No, it's not disgusting. How many yeah. people have seen John no in the shower? No one. No one. I'm upset thinking about that. How many? You don't know how many people. There's nobody around. You I'm don't know you. that. I just lost my appetite. Oh. <laughs> the Stop wild, by. The wildlife are injured. Do you remember what was kept in a spring house? If you're an old timer, you know that a spring house was used for storing fresh cold milk. In 84 Pennsylvania, we have another kind of spring house. Our spring house is an old-fashioned country store filled with all kinds of old-time gifts, great country foods, and you guessed it, fresh cold milk. You see, the spring house in 84 is also a dairy farm where we milk our own cows, pasteurize and homogenize the milk, and sell it all through the store. We've had people tell us it has to be some special kind of gourmet milk. We don't add anything to the cow's diet or to the milk. It's just nature's purest, most perfect food, and we love the way our customers love it. We also make a chocolate milk you would think is a chocolate shake, an old-fashioned buttermilk that people drive miles to get, and a 40% heavy cream that's wonderful for luscious desserts. Our 2% and our skim are the greatest sellers. Come and try some Springhouse milk at the Springhouse in 84. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. Hey, Pittsburgh. If you've been thinking about a new car or SUV, now is the time. With the summer sales event in full swing, Calusi has savings on the entire lineup of crossovers like the Chevy Equinox, Trax, and Blazer. Plus, with Chevy Loyalty Cash, you can save an additional $1,000 off the MSRP on select models. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. Today's world craves leaders, leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. 
Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at RamaChristianSchool.org. Looking to buy a car? Online shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for the car you want and see what other people pay for it too. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. I love the joy that children bring to the office. Good dental habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock. I like creating those good, positive first experiences. My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good care of you. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. You have my word. Ah, uh, yes, it is. Okay, so as the weekend commences, uh, tonight at Star Lake, you know who's in town? I don't know. Alice Cooper. Have you ever seen Alice Cooper in concert? Do you know me? <laughs> I thought I'd ask. <laughs> Never, never. Never. He's in town tonight. I mean, though I admire the trajectory of his life. Yeah, sure, yeah. He's a great golfer. Mm-hmm. He's a believer in Jesus, and his clothing is way different than yes, it used to be. Yes, He's had a career that. Uh, tonight, or this weekend, is the Vintage Grand Prix. Oh. Have you been to that? No, I, you know, oh, I, a lot of fun. when I was in college, yeah. But. It was an annual thing for my kids, because they loved cars. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's Shenley Park. Yeah, Shenley Park. Um, if you're a theater aficionado, CLO is presenting Peter Pan. All right, you going to go see that? Do I know you? You will not go see that. I hate that show. The Star uh, Pittsburgh Symphony is presenting Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. That's fun. Back. That's really fun. Yeah, and in Greensburg, The Great Train and Toy Show, oh, which would be a lot of fun. I like Wait, trains. Wait, where's that? In Greensburg. Greensburg. Wouldn't Greensburg. Dr. J like yeah. that? Yes. Yeah, Saturday hey. and Sunday. Hey, and hey. Ha- happy birthday to Dr. J. Hey. Today, he's yeah, three years old. Very three years nice. old. Happy birthday, Dr. J. Oh, nice, Mike. Oh, Mike, Love I you, hope you guys have a fun celebration this Thank weekend. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Sure will. Blow up that pool. Heck yeah. Hey, thanks for being with us. Podcast is up and running. Look for us on John and Kathy's show. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.